Welcome to the Brian Noonan Show podcast, starring Cody Goff and Brian Noonan. Today, we're talking travel, travel tips, travel tales, and travel tingalonga. Wow, we're really going to put that on? That's really how we're going to start it? We've been off for two weeks. No, we were only off a week. It seems like, i got to be honest, it seems like I've been gone for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. We only missed last week. Uh, cause we're recording this. This is going to be some bonus hours to go along with the March 10th, uh, which I just found out 45 minute live show. <laughs> wait, so, wait, are you serious? Yes, I'm, I'm serious. It's, it's not an hour. Not, not an hour. So it's less than an hour. Much less than an hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's less good. than an hour. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk to, uh, management about that schedule for next week. <laughs> but anyway, so this is bonus time because, uh, we were going to do a podcast anyway for today. And for next week, but now we're going to be on the air too. So this is like uh, an accoutrement, or as they say in uh, New Orleans, lanyap, a little something extra. Lanyap, lanyap. It's spelled crazy. L a g i, and there's a couple p's in there, uh, an e thrown in, but lanyap is how it's pronounced, and it means a little something extra. So that's what this is for March 10th, because we're going to be on the air. With a guest for 45 minutes. Uh, so this is, actually, the show is a little something extra. This is the main course, yeah. and the live show is, is the lanyap of the uh, of the program. Is that assuming the game ends on time? The games, uh, spring training games always end. Oh, there's right. No, there's no extra innings. Well, everything always ends, Brian. Well, not everything. From a philosophical point not of our, view. Uh, not our time in purgatory here. Yeah. Uh, that is endless. It just <laughs> keeps uh, going. The suffering of someone in Hades also <laughs> goes on for eternity. But, uh, yeah, spring training games, there's no post-game show. There's no extra innings. Uh, I've talked to the executive producer of White Sox Baseball, and he said it's been three hours and 15 minutes uh, every game so far. All right. And I'm like, well, that... So anyway, that's, I, that's I feel, that. I feel like for the listener that's been paying attention. They, <laughs> both they, of you. <laughs> thank you, both of you. To to any Brian Noonan shows, either terrestrial or uh, or on the podcast, for the past a couple of years, scheduling has come up quite a lot. You'll, it you'll does often, come up a you'll lot. Often open, you'll very often, in fact, pretty much all the time, open a show with, hey, well, this is weird, but here's what the schedule is. Because yes. when when Brian and I started a decade ought ago, I know. Can you believe it? A, ought a decade ago, we were never preempted. Or I mean, we'll, once in a while, we would be given a night off to try out new talent. But but that was very rare, right? But sports never. You know, it, 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 one no. in the morning, we don't have to deal with games. Then we get moved to Sundays, and then baseball and hockey and, right. and everything else. And and I got used to it when I was doing sports night because. But then it was a set schedule. You knew because. This is back when the station had the Cubs. You could look at the Cubs schedule and say, "Oh, every we know that every these many weekday nights there will be a game, and the games start at about six. Baseball games they they give a larger chunk of time to because you've got pregame, postgame, the the chance of extra innings. You know, then you're off, right? Not so much now. With the Blackhawks, you can uh, pretty much the same thing. They know everything is done, and once the regular season starts, we know we'll have shows. But they'll be shorter because um, most afternoon games for the White Sox start at one o'clock. But the, but the most thing and knowing not knowing exactly how long games are, I, I think we suffered from a a, a very short rash of games going long yes. or short. <laughs> right. So imagine this, listener, you show up to work at a certain time and you don't know if you're actually supposed to start working in a half hour or in an hour and a half, or, or if you should three- have started working. An hour ago, or you should have started working literally before you arrived. Yeah. Like, 
that's what our lives are like. And you probably think, oh, this is very normal for radio people. And it, it kind of is. But I feel like maybe with baseball, it's just been extra erratic. It has. And last year, last year there was a lot of that because, you know, baseball is, baseball is screwy. It, the games can take an interminable amount of time or they can go very fast. And that's where we would run into because they try to schedule, you know, they put us on the schedule and they say, you're going to start, let's say, for example, at 5 o'clock. Okay. Well, then the White Sox are playing like, you know, well, one, they couldn't get a hit last year. So the games are going kind of quick. Oh, and man. then, and that comes from a fan. So don't, I'm not a hater. I'm just a, you know, I'm a realistic fan. And they, a real fan, not a bandwagon right. fan. Uh, yes, exactly. I was, I was country when country wasn't cool, as uh, Barbara Mandrell used to say. Preach. Preach on. So anyway, the point being, some of those games would end at 3.45, 4 o'clock, and all of a sudden I'd get frantic texts. Hey, you're not on at 5, you're on at 4.15, or you're on at 4 o'clock, or can you be ready to go at 3.40? And I'm like, yeah, I guess, sure, because I'm here, I get here ungodly early, because I can do my work here, I can't do it at home. So it's fine. But yes, that's why that, that's why we talk about the schedule, and, and we'll be cognizant not to as much, because there's so many other fun things to talk about. There's 16 indictments for Jesse Smollett. That's very exciting. Oh, 16! 16 indictments! Man, oh man, that's, that's they went, we could indict him on a dozen counts. Not enough to prove our point. We're going 16 federal indictments. Good for you. And again, I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not coming out afterwards going, I knew it, but I told you a couple weeks ago, I knew it. There, there was no way this story was real. I wish I had paid any attention to the original story because I paid <sighs> zero attention to it. The first I heard of it was when I came into the station and right. we talked about how suddenly there, there was an actual investigation yes. into him. Right. And, and I missed the first beat because I wonder if I would have also been like, really? Because the thing about living in Chicago, as you know, as a Chicagoan, yes. crime plummets when it's cold out. The, mm-hmm. the safest I feel in my neighbor, and I'm in, you know, I'm in like Lincoln Park. It's yeah, not you're like, a pretty safe. I'm not in a rough area, but there's there's been a little bit of crime in the area lately. And honestly, I feel the safe when I get off the train and I'm miserable and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to be outside. I'm guessing neither do the criminals. Neither do the criminals. No, it's when it's hot and everybody's outside and they're losing their temper because it's 98 percent humidity and people are just nuts. That's when the crime happens. Right. And again. Criminals don't normally wander around with a bottle of bleach and a noose just hoping to <laughs> come upon someone that they, you know, someone of a, a group that they have targeted. It doesn't, it's not just, let's prepare for a crime that may never happen. But I've got my, I've got my hate crime bag thrown over my shoulder and I'm ready to go. Let me put on my MAGA hat and stroll around. It doesn't happen. And also, uh, I've been in a few fights. I don't know if you have. You're a peace-loving man. Mm, not so much. All right. T- take this from me. And I'm not a big fighter. I'm more of a lover, and not in a, in a gross me too way. I'm I'm a consensual <laughs> lover, uh, but I have never been in a fight where I wasn't aware of what was happening. Point being, if someone slipped a noose around my neck, it wouldn't take me till I got home to go. Oh my god, I've got a noose around my neck. In the midst of that fight, I would know someone was trying to put a noose around my neck. Yeah, and then I wouldn't wear it for like a necklace, like my Mardi Gras beads, as I as I parade home. Nice transition, Brian. Thank you. That wouldn't happen. So uh, there were so many, there were so many red flags, and yet, as I mentioned before, God forbid you pointed out those red flags because then you were a uh, racist, anti-gay, uh, anti-LGBT person. You uh, you were just feeding into the hate crime. You were an apologist for the police department. Blah 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 blah. No, I wasn't. I was a guy who's lived in Chicago my whole life, and I went. 
boy, this doesn't make any sense to me. So what are the implications? Now what? Where do we go from here as a society? Well, as a society, we one, we we make sure that this guy pays a price for doing that because he has now made it much harder for real victims. And and there are real victims. Yeah. There, there, there's no doubt. And for the most part, it would be interesting to see the stats, but I'm guessing uh, I'm going to go... 95 to 99% of people who are victims of crime and report them are not making the story up. There's there's something that happened. Um, so hopefully it also shows people that the Chicago Police Department, to a certain extent, did exactly what they were supposed to do. Now the argument can be made, uh, well, they spent an awful lot of manpower on this case, and there's people getting killed and beaten around the city all the time that don't get this kind of attention, and that is true. Right. You know, celebrity carries a big stick and that's not just chicago that's anywhere you know but it's also a money thing i mean this guy's got money to stick into our economy so it it almost does serve the community i don't want to say better but it it does serve the community in a different way when there's a very high profile wealthy person because you want to make sure that your city is able to attract and retain high-profile, wealthy people. Of course, especially somebody, money. somebody who's part of a TV show. Right. The productions of these shows generate millions of dollars every year for Chicago. You want actors and crew members and producers and writers and everybody to feel safe and say, yeah, we can come and live in Chicago. It's great. The people, you know, the local people that we hire for a crew and for cast and stuff, they do great work. The restaurants, the hotels, the infrastructure, it's a great city. We want everybody to feel safe. Which is a shame on one level because you've got, you know, kids being shot and there's not 12 detectives put on their case exclusively. Yeah. Especially for a police department whose clearance rate for detectives is very, very low. Yeah. But thank God they, thank God they investigated this and this guy's busted. Yeah. So, so we got that going for us. Uh, we've got a mayoral runoff. Did you pay attention to that? Did you vote in the mayor's race? I voted You're in... You're a Chicago citizen? I did. I actually Good. took a selfie, my mandatory selfie. Well, oh, yeah, because if you don't have a selfie, you didn't vote. Well, the thing is, I didn't... So I researched some of the candidates. I researched right. the, the mayor. I researched the, the treasurer. Anyway, I, I did a couple things, and then I'm like, all right, well, when I get in the booth, I'll, you know, you can always Google the ones you didn't research. Okay. Real quick, read a couple articles on them. I mean, yeah. you don't have a time limit. So I did that. <laughs> You're going to be the guy who's in the voting booth for eight hours instead of doing your research at home and coming with a sheet. <laughs> I mean, I had an idea of everybody that was running. Yeah. But I was like, I'm sure I missed something. So I walked in, and then when I realized there were four positions on the ballot, it's not like an eight-page thing. No, it's very small. We're voting for all these judges and all this stuff. It's literally four positions. I was like, Anybody can do this. No one has an excuse to no, not do this. No, there's no... You're lazy, you're uninformed, and you're stupid. That's why you don't vote. Yeah. And, and I, I could have been better informed. I get it. Like, I could have, like, known walking into it there were four positions. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Whatever. Sometimes Well, sometimes the big thing busy. was the mayor. It was, you know, everything Everything was about the mayor. The mayor, the mayor, the mayor. Now we've got... Uh, unfortunately, uh, Gary Chico is not in the runoff. He was here. I, maybe it was his uh, appearance here on this program and his controversial stand on dibs. That, uh, that did him in. I don't know. I don't want to take. I don't want to take uh, credit for for bringing down a candidate. That would be awful. But uh, Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle now running for mayor. Uh, some people are, you know, they they've gone negative fast. Did they? They went negative election night. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a horrific four weeks because these two women are. It's nonstop negative. This is when I'm happy that I don't watch television at all. 
Right. I've not seen a, a single ad from either of them. I haven't gotten a single mailer from either of well, them. Well, it's been on the news because they've been they they had a debate the other night and they were going after each other. You know, man. No, I'm. You know, I'll read whatever the Trib writes, whatever the Sun Times writes. A couple other. What about some of your underground blogs? Some, any of your crazy bloggers? Yeah, maybe some underground blogs. You know, we'll see who Chance the Rapper switches over to. Well, listen, Chance is already Chance. Uh, did he? Was he? Uh, His, he endorsed the third black female candidate. Oh, okay. The one that didn't that didn't win. get in the in the final two. Right, now I can't remember. Uh, so now you know he can pivot pretty pretty sure easily. Can. So you know whose chance is second? Yeah, that's it. You got it. You know. If you got Chance the Rapper on your side, you've well, got people who wear hats. Well, yeah, <laughs> certainly don't flat win. Brim, flat brim hats, they <laughs> don't win. Yeah, The person he endorsed didn't, well, didn't sure. get in the final Well, sure, because I think a lot of people are starting to go, uh, you know, celebrities have a right to endorse and back whoever they want. I don't have to listen to them. Oh, man. Just like I don't have to listen to Bob, my next-door neighbor, who's, you know, screaming about one candidate. Good for you, Bob. You have a right to be all passionate about your candidate. But... I'm going to vote for who I want to, and you, you can't sway me. You are hot on the news beat right now. You know, I thought we were walking in this podcast to talk travel stories, and you're just we are going to talk. No, we're talking. We're talking travel stories. We got. We've got about an hour. I'm not. I'm not in a rush. I love this stuff. I, I love know. feeling relevant and topical. Well, we got to, especially because it's dropping today. And if we and this is, we should be on the air right now. We, we really so this should. is this is what we would be talking about. Were we on the air? That and you know why my head is on fire. And why I look like a snake. It's, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. It was a bad, it was a series of bad decisions made in one of the most wonderful places I've ever been. So that's, <laughs> there's your tease wow. for the, the second part. So yeah, that, I think we're all caught up now. I think, uh, I think we're caught up on what's been happening. There's a runoff in the mayor's race. Yeah. There was a, uh, were we, yeah, we were here when the Aurora shooting happened. We were, we were on the next week. Were we? Yeah. I oh, yeah. I, I don't think I was here. I was out of town. Okay. Because I heard about it on the news when I was in uh, D.C. So those are the big, uh, that was the, you know, another horrible, tragic story. And uh, then the Jesse Smollett thing and the, uh, and I know, I know Karen will be talking about that. We'll talk to her uh, and find out with the 16 indictments. And uh, what was a Manafort only got four years. There's the other big talking point. Uh, white privilege. You down with that? You all down with white privilege, Cody? What am I supposed to say to that? I think, you, I think you're a beneficiary of it. So you say yes. Me, I've got uh, the man with his boot on my neck. So I am, uh, you know, as, the, as, the, uh, as the, the shopkeeper, the Asian shopkeeper at the end of Do the Right Thing said, I'm black. I'm black. That's not true. Is that that's what he said? Is that the but moral of me. the story? You're black. No, the the moral <laughs> of the story. You look more red to me. No, I'm red. I'm. Oh, don't even get me started. But um, no, I, listen. I guess I don't. I hear people throw that around: white privilege and white male privilege and stuff. And I, I'm sure I have. I don't. Like, consciously, I'm not like, haha, look at that. I'm sure I've been the beneficiary of it in my life because I am, in fact, a white male. But I'm not, you know, Wall Street white male. I'm not rich white male. Yeah. I don't think I have, I don't have Paul Manafort power. So I think if, if I were indicted and found guilty of the charges he was, I would have gotten a lot more than four years. Now, would someone else, uh, would a black guy or, or someone else gotten a more severe sentence because they're not powerful white man? Maybe. Probably. You know? So I don't know. But see, it makes it too easy to throw that. And I just threw it around jokingly because that's the buzzword. Yeah. Oh, white privilege. See, the white man. And I'm like, 
I get, I can see it historically. The way, you know, white men have been in charge for a long, long time. That's why people are all upset. Yeah, no, no, this is this is the mistake. This is the mistake, and this is what that whole thing is. Where it's, does it fall apart, Cody? It it okay. Yes, white people have been in charge, but that's that's not that's not what separates the people in charge from the rest of the people. It's not like you have this subset of people that are, you know, the 0.01% that run everything. The Illuminati. The say Illuminati. It, say it out no, loud. No, let's say, okay, let's say high government officials, kings, monarchs, right. all that, uh, pharaohs, let's say, pretend they're white. Sheiks? Okay. Can we throw a sheik Yeah, in? sure. Okay, these, these people in power that have run everything, their differentiator is not that they're white. Because there are hundreds of millions of white people that right. are not them. Yes, exactly. So it's a false differentiator. The differentiator is that they have enormous amounts of power and concentrated wealth. Yes. That is the differentiator. Right. There are people, there are white people like me. And the thing, the problem when you go and make these blanket statements like, you know, check your white privilege and your white privilege and, you know, be responsible for this, like, I've, I look around. I'm in my mid-30s. I've never hired a person in my life. I've never been part of a hiring process in my mm-hmm. life. I've never had any power to do anything directly in terms of like a workplace environment. Right. So it's a, it's a complete false flag, and all it does is distract and divide us. Now you've got black people and women uh, of any persuasion or Hispanics who, who point to this, this, uh, you know, this beacon of whiteness as being the problem, but right. you're, looking, uh, you're looking across at the horizon instead of looking up at the top, like yes. 1% of people, that's the problem. So th- I hope that articulates well why this whole white privilege thing is just a false flag and it's unnecessarily divisive and but not false fair. Flags are false flags are the stock and trade of people. They're absolutely that, the stock and trade That is what we have people. to, you know, if we don't have false flags, then we would have to concentrate on the real issues. And the real issues are too complicated and multi-layered for us to deal with. So if we can blame it all on this group, and not only not this group, but the subset of this group, the men of this group, you know, white men are the problem. Yeah. Okay, but go to you know, go to Arkansas, go to go to Iowa, go go to places where it's not powerful. There's not a lot of big powerful people. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of white people, black people, Asian people, Native Americans who are all suffering the same. You know, the you you can be in uh, you know some trailer park or some uh, small run downtown and that the a white person living next to a black person they're in the same economic boat right it's not like the white person has a ton of money buried underneath going ha i play impossible with everybody else i've really got the white privilege right one of these days i'm hopping in my bentley and taking off really i saw you walking to the bus stop yesterday in three-day-old hand-me-down shoes <laughs> you're not you're not fooling anybody right but let's blame you know Right. I mean, I mean, I'm on the radio. Yes, but I take regional buses to Rockford. Okay, right. I don't own a car. Like you know, it's 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 just false. And the, what really, I guess, upsets me about it is it's so hypocritical because it's the same tactic that certain people uh, of a more conservative political persuasion will use to blame Mexicans or blame Muslims mm. or fear this group of people. The left is doing the same thing when yes. they say that white privilege, whites are the enemy. So on right. the left, whites yeah. are the enemy. Yeah, on the right, the, brown people are the enemy. What about the white Democrats? Well, like, hold on a minute. Uh, I'm part of... I, I'm, 
I'm your group. Right. I'm, uh, so I'm ev- in your group. Everyone's the enemy, I guess, and everyone's just trying to like terrify you of Listen. some demographic, and it doesn't make you better than other people if you think that the demographic you're blaming is the real enemy. No one is the real enemy. The you system- finally hit the nail on the head. Everyone is the enemy, which is why I talk to no one. <laughs> I view everyone, liberal, conservative, uh, white, black, everyone is my enemy. Mm. Everyone, even in my own home, I treat everyone as my enemy. The dogs? The dogs, I, the dogs, I keep at arm's length. Animals, do they count? Well, uh, animals will play into uh, part of my story later. Ooh, and animals, nice tease. Animals were a, uh, a signifier. Oh, wow. To trip. Uh, to to uh, take my mind in another direction. We're getting really philosophical. Yeah, here. man. But uh, yeah, everybody's the enemy. Everybody's <laughs> the enemy. It's easier that way. If everybody's the enemy, then you just fight against everybody. Then you don't have to worry about it. You're, yeah, I don't like this guy. I don't like these people. It's these people and these people and these people. And uh, there's no personal responsibility. Everybody's in trouble. And we, you know. Now the Democrats can blame the uh, the administration now, and then in four years or however many years, then the uh, the Republicans can blame the administration if there's a Democratic president. It's, you know, moving on from white privilege. Yeah, you, we, just, you reminded me of something a hot button topic hot in button, the news. Ooh, hot topic. This is super hot. I can't believe you didn't bring this up. I haven't had time. I've been bringing up other hot topics. This is a di- all right. Can we we can pivot from that hot yes. topic? I think that was a great discussion on that. That's sure. the most articulate I've ever been about. You were it. very good. Thank you. You I, too. Of no, course. I like. Well, no, I I like when you uh, when you have a point of view. <laughs> but I, usually I have to raise to your level. You you think this stuff uh, through. I just kind of yell uh, at stuff. Thank you. But anyway, go ahead. Um, uh, anti-Semitism. In... I'm not for it. <laughs> I'm gonna go out. Of, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I am. Uh, I am con. If pro and con, if anti-Semitism is on the table, I go con all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> so into that. Why are we bringing? The- you missed the, the thing with the woman. The freshman uh, said the freshman uh, representative from the House. I don't even know. Oh yes, yes, the Muslim yes, yes, woman that right. said the thing about about how about Israel. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, spend all our money on Israel, and then everybody is like, "Oh, you must hate Jewish people," and it's like, "Wait, what?" Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't, you know, particularly think that criticizing the way we spend our money meant that you hate a race of people. It does. Uh, are they a race of, or a, 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 a religion, a religion, a culture? Yeah. Culture. I, Nationality. Yeah. I think, I think a group of people, I think being Jewish is all of those things. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah. a nationality. It's a religion. It's a culture. And I apologize if I'm not using the right nomenclature, right. but I, I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't, I don't conflate. Um, being Jewish with the state of Israel, which is she's a made, state. Yeah, she's made a number of comments that were anti-Israel, and uh, so I think that's. I think when they when they're adding more and more together, it's uh, people. That's why people are taking such umbrage. But your point is exactly right. You can. It goes back to what we were talking about about Smollett. You can question what's going on without being anti something else. She can say, "I don't think." Our country needs to spend so much money in this area, whether it's on the state of Israel, whether it's on military, whether it's on this. And that does not mean that you are necessarily anti-military, anti-Jewish, anti-whatever, you know, anti-homeless, whatever, you, whatever you're saying. Hey, maybe we should look at the budget and maybe there's some other places we could use our money better. I think it's fiscally responsible. I think it's incumbent upon our leaders to choose their words carefully. Especially some of these new ones who are, they're coming in hot. 
They want to make, they want to make, you know, they want a soundbite. They want to make a name for themselves. They want to be the, the future of the party. So they're coming off half cocked and, and it's like, your ideas might be good. Take a step back. Think about what you're going to say and then say it, make the same point with carefully chosen words. So you don't have to go, well, that's not what I meant. What I meant was blah, blah, blah. Take that step out of it. Take 30 seconds. Take a minute. Take take an hour. Go back to your office. Formulate your statement and then make your statement. Don't just shoot from the hip all the time. That's fine for me because I'm a Yahoo on the radio. If I'm leading the country, my thoughts would be a little more tempered. The point would be the same, but my wording would be better. Do you think that the House needed to spend its time writing and voting on and debating a resolution as a result of what this woman said? Like, no. do you think it was so inflammatory that we really had to, like, go out of our way to make a whole thing of it and spend an entire week explaining to people that it's not okay to hate Jewish people? <laughs> like, was that necessary? Are we that, like... Uh, may, no. No, they didn't have to. But in the in the current climate where we've had so much in the last year, the last two years, we've had a rise of anti-Semitism. We've had a rise of uh, the marches and things like that. You know, in the current climate, the president of the United States and I, I apologize if you're listening and you you like our president. I'm, I'm not you know, this is just a statement of fact. He has said some pretty inflammatory things. He mm-hmm. said some pretty negative things. About specific people. Yes. And yet it's this Muslim woman who is now suddenly being extremely scrutinized. It doesn't seem to really make I'll sense. I'll tell you why, because she should just go back to where you came. <sighs> you don't like it here, you go back to where you came from. That's all. <laughs> MAGA! MAGA! She's Muslim, ain't she? She is. Come on, well, then you know. Oh, I know. You know. I know. She's going to firebomb the country. You oh, know. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I thought, see that. See, For those of you who were just listening to that character and think that is a, the opinions expressed by Brian's puppet do not necessarily uh, reflect those of Brian or Cody or WGN management. Or That's right. They're only my opinions. Mega! <laughs> yeah, the voices. Yeah. The voices are coming back. <laughs> The voices. For the bonus hour. Listen, I'm lucky I have any brain cells left. So it's because uh, you were burned to death. That's later. This is a this is a recent. This was in the last couple of days. This horrific uh, visage where I look like Deadpool uh, without his mask. This is it started. <laughs> it, Very Ryan Reynolds. We been, are recording I'm, this, right? By yeah. the way. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh yeah. Would have been awkward. Whoops. Yeah, we're at 27 minutes. I just like to double check. I'm glad you do. Halfway in. Um, it's my way of producing. So last Sunday, we would have been off the air anyway, but we didn't do a podcast because uh, I was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Now, I did. I don't know if you saw. I did a live from the greasing of the polls uh, I did not, on the I show page. I haven't been on Facebook in like a, like uh, at all this week. All right. Well, we did. I did that Friday morning of Mardi Gras. I did a nice Facebook Live from the French Quarter. I saw your Instagram posts about it. I, I listen. I Insta. I Facebook. I tweet. I deleted Instagram. Did you really? Yeah. Why? I'm. You're following too many uh, lingerie models. Here's the thing. What happened? Men are visual creatures. Yeah. I, now, my wife is now on Instagram, my sister, my family. I saw your wife's Instagram, a sidebar, uh, doing some sort of turtle move the other day that was uh, both impressive and frightening. The yoga the pose. Same, yeah, the yoga pose where she, I was like, wow. It's like suddenly you're dating, a, you're married to a contortionist. Yeah. It's like you're going to go on the road with Ringling Brothers. She was, her legs were behind, and I don't mean to make it gross, but her legs were behind her head. Oh, and yeah. It was, 
It was, yeah. No, it was crazy. I mean, um, she's a yogi. She's she went to a yoga training like weekend thing, and it was run by this super entrepreneurial, hardcore, extreme woman. Extreme. And she insisted on Instagram. You got to be on Instagram and build your brand and all that stuff. Right. So, Casey is not a big social media addict, but she's occasionally posting. But I know many people on it, and I think that maybe, perhaps, this is overgeneralizing, but a lot of women and ladies like to keep up with each other, and they can uh, process visuals. I, For me, maybe I, I shouldn't speak for all men, but I think Probably many, not. many men um, would would not rather look at anything more than attractive women. I'll go with that. And, Men are uh, visual beasts, and you, you said that. We You're are right. visual beasts. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to I say that so. the very, very ma- vast majority. So I'd find myself on Instagram, and and typically, uh, if it was an attractive woman, I would linger, and if not, then I wouldn't. And I'm just like, this isn't really adding value to my life. Like, I don't really care what anyone's doing. I just like right. hot girls. And I think that's normal. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm, like, trying to cheat on my wife or anything crazy. Like, she, I told her this. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, all I'm doing is looking at hot girls and, like, you know. Right. And that's, it seems like, because if you like one of those, then in your search, that's all that comes up. Yeah. That's why I've tried to like more like uh, food things and beer. Th- so now, now like when I go to the search page, there's a lot of food and a lot of drinks and a lot of tropical places. And I'm like, oh, that's that's nicer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it'll be like, hey, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, look, look at her. Like I said, so I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm. I just, so you're off Insta. And it, it wasn't like uh, I must like self-flagellate because I have male emotions. It was, just, it was just like a, you know, yeah. do I need, it's kind of a waste of time almost for me. So I, yeah, no, I understand. Just trying to I understand. It's, it's hard. Social media just dumps so much at you, and some of it you're like, oh, I'm learning something, or this is interesting, or I care what this person thinks. But it most gets, of it's not. It gets muddled in with a lot yeah. of like just kind of banal, useless information. Right, and you find your, and all of a sudden you're like, I've been scrolling for ten minutes. Right. What's yeah? What am I doing? So it's a, you have to really actively, constantly reappraise what you're doing and, right. and and reevaluate. So I'll probably install it again at some point and find some more hot girls, and then be like, no, this is weird, and I don't need to do this, and then delete it. But it's yeah. gone for now. Well, and doesn't it? Don't you find it amazing that there's so many people from all over the world, and they're all? It's like weird. How did this? You know. How did all of a sudden thousands of women start posing in their underwear? <laughs> or a million people are now workout, you know, uh, gurus. And they're all working out and they're all in their, you know, uh, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's a million pictures of guys working out and guys in their underwear. And, you know, it, it's like, where did, how did this happen? And how did we become so caught up in trying to get followers and, you know, this cult of social media that we're we're all part of, uh, whether it's whether we're actively trying to do it or we just follow people, you're still part of this whole weird social media cult. You got to be an influencer, Brian. I'm t- listen. Who are you influencing? I'm telling you, people are very excited that I'm uh, Twitter verified. Mm. Uh, we're Facebook verified. We got the blue check next to the show page. I think. Do we? I, I think, think we, we do. do. I thought we did. I don't know. I thought either way you might have gotten that people follow us you know and I hate to say oh who who are our followers Cody do we have followers that's oh, we what do we have need. a check mark you we were right we do yeah so you know we're big shots sorry for doubting you the other thing is uh one other quick note um about like women complaining about being objectified 
Who's the one posting underwear selfies on Instagram? Yeah. Is it men posting sure selfies are. of hot women? Because no, it's the women. The ladies. So, you know, the first step in not being objectified is not objectifying yourself. Like, I wouldn't Listen, be able... But if I didn't objectify myself, I wouldn't have 800,000 followers, and then I wouldn't get free swag from some company because they want me to hold up... I posted a picture the other day, and I was like, if this does not get uh, a like from this company, it was the most beautiful picture um, of a land shark logger on the beach... It was it was gorgeous. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I took this picture. And you tagged the beer company. Of course I did. What am I, an idiot? And did they like it? No. Oh. Look at that picture. Isn't oh, that a beautiful, a beautiful marketing picture? picture? They, that's a beautiful yeah, marketing they picture. They need a better social media manager. Yeah, because I uh, I was at Coquina Beach and I had a land shark lager and it's it's beautiful. There's the can and there's the beer with the head and a be- the beach in the background. No photo bombers in it. It's beautiful, beautiful. Wow. Tag tag them. I tagged Jimmy Buffett. Uh, tag them all. Nice. Yeah, beautiful. All right. So you got to be savvy. Because you know every time I say you got to yeah, you got to build your brand. I want to punch myself in the face. I love tagging brands. I do. I Oh, man. And I tweeted it. Uh, I was tweeting it uh, Southwest Airlines. I tweeted it at a rental car company. I'm, I, I'm using that blue check. I saw I'm Southwest Air uh, come under fire from you. But As we'll, they should have. We'll get to that in the Tampa section of this. Is that the Tampa site? No, that was uh, the that was Nola. The, that was the Mardi Gras site. That was a week ago today that yes. uh, Southwest Airlines came into my crosshairs because we last Sunday at this time we were heading to the airport uh, to leave New Orleans for Mardi Gras 2019, which did not disappoint. I uh, I tried to share some things because I I feel when we're not here, that's why I try to post things on the show page because I know there's people there's people who like the show and there's people who know that we're doing things because we've talked about them on the show. So that's why I post stuff on the show page, um, which is why I did the um, the Friday thing when we were down there. But uh, so we get to New Orleans uh, late on that Wednesday night, and you know my plan was Thursday morning. I was getting up to get my king cakes. Yeah, going to Manny Randazzo was going to get my king cakes. I saw your tweets. And I was I was ready, so we get into the hotel room about twelve thirty in the morning. Uh, had a uh, had an Abita boot, Louisiana exclusive beer Ooh. to uh, to <laughs> to sell. Molly goes, you couldn't have been more trashy because I took a picture and said it. It was a can of beer on the nightstand of a La Quinta. That's that's. There's white privilege, buddy. <laughs> That's white privilege right sure there. Sure is. I'm at a La Quinta in Metairie, Louisiana, right next to the interstate behind the city diner, uh, and I'm drinking a, a tall boy. Yeah. Man. And people think, Brian, you lead a glamorous life because you're a radio personality. <laughs> yep. I'm one step away from drinking that beer out of a brown bag sitting on the curb. <laughs> That's that's how glamorous I am. So we had one beer, we go to bed, and Debbie had already told me she was not going on the cake run. Oh, why me. not? Too early. She has sentence. Yeah, she went last year. Yeah, it's early. It's very. But you they, were there at like they, five a.m. Right. I was there at five third five twenty seven mm. because they open at seven o'clock. Now this year, we again because I'm classy. Southwest gives you two bags. So one of our bags was our suitcase with our clothes in it. The other bag, our folding chair. <laughs> our umbrella, our chair to take for the parades. Good. So, uh, because we were like, well, we're not going to buy chairs just for the weekend. We get two bags. We'll take our chair with us because we are hillbillies. <laughs> I'm again. I'm also one step away from my suitcase being a green garbage bag. That's <laughs> that's how things. That's how things are going. One way to do it. Yeah, sure. You just tie it up and boom, you go. Anyway, so Debbie said, "Oh, you should you should take your 
leave the chairs in the car so when you get there and you're in line, you could sit down. And I was like, that's brilliant. Because the last few years, I've been standing for two hours. That's no good. So I get up, drag myself out of bed. I'm in a car, and we stayed purposely at this hotel. is like three minutes from the bakery. So I get over there, it's, and I'm driving up, and I'm like, I don't see any people. Like, oh, no, I don't see any people. And I pass the parking lot to park my car. No, very few people. I was 10th in line. So I run up there with my chair, get my chair out, and I sit down, and I'm 10th in line. I'm like, hee-hee. And I got to be one of the people. Every other year, people would come later, and they'd look at the people toward the front of the line and go, what time did you get here? I got to be one of those people this year where somebody came to me and goes, what time did you get here? Nice. I'm like, 527. I was out of there by 710 with my king cakes. Boom. Wow, lines move fast. Well, when you're 10th in line. Yeah, they don't mess around. Because they, there's not, it's not like a baker where there's donuts and croissants and coffee and blah, blah, blah. You're going in there to get a king cake. Do you want what size, what kind? They've got a ton of women working there, and they give them to you, and they ring them up, and you're out the door. Why does it have to be women, Brian? It doesn't have to be, but that's who is working there. That's sexist. Well, the owner is a man. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Maybe the owner's a man, and he keeps uh, But I saw guys coming out of the, the, the bakery part, the factory part. You know, so there's men and women making the cakes. Were there fifty percent men and fifty percent women? Well, here's the thing: when you're a customer, they rarely let you into the actual operation. So I don't know. All right, well, I couldn't sounds tell like you. a sexist white establishment to me. Well, uh, no, <laughs> no. Maybe the first part. Uh, the second part, it was very. It's very well integrated. Nice. The, the workforce there. So I got my Randazzo's king cakes. And then I was off, and I was like, well, now I'm up. I don't want to go back to bed. So I go. Oh, Corey, you don't go, go to bed after getting a king cake? I can't go to bed when I know i got to get up in another couple hours to pick up Molly to go bead shopping. Right. I can't do it. <laughs> it's, so I go, and I get, I get myself a king cake latte at a, at a coffee place. Then I drive. I do recon to find out where this bead store is, and it was all right within a, a one-mile radius of the hotel. It was a king perfect. cake latte? King cake latte, Cody. What is in that? Uh, a baby? No, there's no baby in there. Okay. No babies in the king cake latte, which is disappointing. You would think they would put like a sugar one that might dissolve or, you know, something that, no. No baby in the latte, just the the uh, uh, traditional latte with your espresso and foam milk and then some flavoring that makes it king cakey. Okay. It was delicious. That, you know, so fast forward, now we, now we go, I get my, we go to buy the beads and they, they have places down there that are these big warehouse, wholesale warehouses that just have beads and throws. For all things Mardi Gras. And Molly had ordered a bunch from her crew, the crew of Morpheus. So all the branded stuff, the Morpheus beads and things like that. i got to bring you some beads. I forgot about that. And uh, But she needed more throws because last year in her inaugural, inaugural ride, she was so excited she threw all her stuff very early. And then had nothing, but my brother always buys way too much to the point of my sister-in-law now won't even go in the store with him because she loses her mind. <laughs> Um, he gave, he gave Molly a bunch of stuff last year, but this year she was like, I got to have my own. And so she had saved some money and my mom had given her, uh, like a Valentine's gift of a uh, hundred bucks to go, go and buy beads and things. And then we gave her a hundred bucks. So we go in and she bought, you know, all these cool beads and this big bag of footballs to throw. And, uh, what else did she get? Some, uh, some, all kinds of things to throw. So we load up the car. And uh, I'm trying to hit the highlights because the whole week, I will say, the whole weekend for me is wonderful. It is, I am truly, you know I'm never happy. I'm rarely happy. 
I won't right. say never. I'm rarely Because well, everybody's your enemy. Everybody. Every single person. Yeah. Down there, I, I ease up just a little bit, and I'm, I'm actually happy. So we go, and now it's, now nah, let's say it's 10.30. 10.30, we've bought the beads. Now we check out of our hotel, and we ask them, hey, we've got a, we've got a car full of beads and stuff. Can we leave the bags here, uh, and then we'll come back and get them? And they were like, yeah, because we were going to go to lunch right near the hotel. So we leave our bags in the lobby. We've got a car full of beads. But first, we have to drive by our hotel that we're staying at for the weekend, which is right on St. Charles, the, the parade route. And we have to drop our chairs on the curb at 1030 in the morning so they're ready for the parades that night, which we do. And there's already thousands of chairs and ladders and everything lining the streets for people to prepare. Then one of the coolest things is we get to go and help Molly load her stuff onto the float. So we go to where they're staging the floats, uh, and we find out where it is, and her stuff had been delivered, her crew stuff had been delivered already, but now we take all her stuff up, and we're up on the float, and taking pictures and seeing the view from what it's like to be up on a float, and it's just, it's just fun. Nice. It's just fun. Um, then we go around, and it, parade time comes Thursday night. That's Muses, the female crew. And their signature throw is handmade shoes that these, these women, all year long, they work on these shoes. And to catch a shoe is a big deal. Big deal. Uh, Molly's caught a couple while her years at Tulane. But the parade now has devolved into people being basically, mm, I wish I could say a word that starts with A and ends with whole. But I can't. Mm. So I won't. The civility has yes. deteriorated. A thousand percent. Ooh. Now, I am not... On a normal day, I am very hard to miss. You know, six five. I'm beefy. I had a gray beard. I'm, I'm I'm a formidable presence. Yeah. Add to that now a jester's hat, a kilt, custom colored Vans for Mardi Gras, uh, multicolored knee socks. I should really be the furthest thing from invisible you have you can imagine. Although, aren't you kind of blending in? In that, not so much. Not even in that. Atmosphere? Not so much. People are dressed. Some people are dressed, but still. Now the jester hat is tall, so now I'm like seven feet tall. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm I'm bigger than most, and people will still. I, I had one beef, one beef the whole weekend. It was a woman who was older than me, and we were on the curb. We had been there the whole time. Now Muses is the third parade of the night, so we'd been sitting there for hours. This woman, in a quest for a shoe, kept elbowing in between me and the guy who was sitting next to me, who, weird small world story, knew one of my, used to work for one of my great friends from college, uh, had also interned at Conan, like Molly, uh, is in comedy. It was, a, it was a weird thing. Weird. So we're sitting there talking. So we were, he said, oh, I'm going to move my chair close so we can form like a wall. Like, yeah. This woman kept moving in. And then she would, she'd elbow through between us and then step over to stand right in front of me and back up. And after a few minutes, I said, um, and I was, I have my brother, Patrick, Molly, and Debbie all back me up on my, my account of this story. Cause they will, they will turn on me in a second. If I, if I say the wrong thing, I said, excuse me, ma'am. So my family and I have been here for like three hours. Is there any way you can just slide over a couple inches? Well, fine. I'll just move way down here. I don't need to be anywhere near you. And I'm like, whoa. I said, I know you're pretending that I'm not here or you can't see me, but all I ask you is to move over a little bit. She keeps screaming. Her friends keep screaming. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, I can't let this ruin. I can't let this ruin the day. I can't. This is my happy place. So she moved down. 
and I wait, and now Muses starts, and this small float comes by. And the first floats, they never really throw anything. It's just, uh, they're waving. Maybe they throw a doubloon. No big deal. A, bu- a, a doubloon? Each crew, each crew has coins, doubloons, with the year and the crew name and a design on it. Oh. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm standing there, and this low float comes by, and there's a woman on there, and I said, oh, happy Mardi Gras. She reaches over the side with a bag containing a giant platform shoe decorated to celebrate New Orleans' 300th anniversary. It was gorgeous. I was in such shock, I couldn't even react. Molly is screaming with delight. Debbie is squealing with delight. And I'm just standing there wide-eyed, and my, my heart is literally pounding in my chest. And I'm holding this shoe, and I'm, I don't even know if I said thank you, because I was in such shock. <laughs> that i got this shoe i'm like oh ah, ah." (laughs) wow and i turned to my brother patrick goes that's good karma for not yelling at that woman and i was like yeah maybe it is maybe it is wow so and then debbie debbie put it in the bottom of the bag cover it up so nobody sees it they're gonna try to steal it cover it up i was like okay (laughs) and molly's like i can't believe we got a shoe and i said we didn't get a shoe i got a shoe And that made her very upset. Oh, uh, I bet she loved they, oh, that. Oh, she didn't like that at all. I'm like, you have two shoes. Did we get those other two shoes? No, those are my shoes. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. This is my shoe. My favorite story, though, from Mardi Gras, and the parades were great. The weather was good. Uh, the greasing of the poles that I did the Facebook Live from, Molly and I went. It's early Friday morning. The Hotel Sinesta on Bourbon Street 60 years ago, started greasing the big poles outside of their hotel so people couldn't shimmy up and get into the rooms. Right. Well, as all things uh, New Orleans, now it's turned into a big party. And they have local celebs come and uh, erotically grease the poles. Of course. And then they have judges and the crowd decide who greased the pole the best. And greasing the pole is not a euphemism in this case because they are actually taking Vaseline and slathering up the poles. (laughs) So that was fun. Uh, But Saturday afternoon, we're at the parades, and there's three parades on Saturday afternoon. Two of them are our favorite parades of of Mardi Gras. Uh, Molly's parade, by the way, uh, Molly and Patrick's The Crew of Morpheus Friday night was great. And they knew where we were, and this year Molly was not not so excited. She was able to find us and dropped a big... It's. It, I was so. I was very uh, grateful. She dropped a big thing of beads, like the fancy ones that she bought, and I'm like, eh, we paid for part of them, but it's nice. So she dropped and Patrick dropped some big beads on us, and then we shared a few with the the guy and his wife ne- that were standing next to us. So that was fun, and it looks like if all goes as planned, we will be members of the crew next year. Whoa! Well, one we already yesterday we booked our room for next year. We're 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 locked in in the quarter. We have a place in the quarter next year. You can book that far ahead. Yeah, I'm surprised. Oh yeah, it's less than a year. Yeah, it makes sense. Because Mardi Gras is a couple weeks earlier next year. Ah, so we're booked. Anyway, so that was great. Saturday afternoon, uh, I'm out on the street at nine thirty after my traditional king cake and coffee breakfast. Uh, which, which explains, How many king cakes did you have? We bought two king cakes. Um, they were mostly gone by the end of the weekend. Uh, we bought the caramel or the pecan praline and then a strawberry cream cheese. Were they delicious? They were phenomenal. They were so good. Um, there's a reason now I can't eat, uh, ever again until next year, because, uh, for the last week I, uh, you know, well, when you wake up and your breakfast is a couple cups of coffee and two giant slices of king cake, which I did get one baby. Got a baby in the pecan praline one. I feel so. like 
I feel like my wife and I should book a room for next you year. You need to. If you're not in Mar- at Mardi Gras with us next year, I don't know what to tell you. I think we really should. You really should. I think we actually might. It's unbelievable. I mean, we got to go when you're there. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. And next year we've decided. Next year we're staying in the quarter because if we're on if we're on the crew and in a parade, our priority is the parade that night. It's not going to be making sure we're on the curb on the parade route, but we're we're right off Canal Street, so we'll be able to go to all the parades anyway. Yeah. So Saturday afternoon. Now we've been uh, had my breakfast. We go out nine thirty to get ready for the parades, which don't roll until eleven. But you got to get your spot. You got to be ready. So our chairs were still there. We all were all settled in. So I start drinking at, I don't know, 10. Uh, I start, <laughs> well, I started off the day with a cigar and some water. Nice. Because that's a good, after king cake and coffee, that's the way you get things going. Sure. You, <laughs> you have a cigar and some water. And uh, now, by this time, by Saturday, I'm in full two-color beard. Uh, I've got the, the, the whole thing. I'm ready to go. And I kept getting comments uh, all weekend, because Friday I did the beard too. So Friday and Saturday I had the multicolored beard. Um, there were people who stayed at the hotel we were at. They were like, oh, you know, we love your outfit. We like your daytime outfit. We like your nighttime outfit. Because I yeah, change it up a little bit, Cody. So anyway, we're watching the parades. It comes down to um, the end of the parades, and I'm I'm out of beer. So I need to get a couple of beers for the rest of the night, and I was going to sit in the courtyard and, and relax for a little bit. And I walk into the convenience store, which is right right next to my hotel, and there's four bros in there. Four, like, 24-year-old fraternity bros. And they're in jeans and T-shirts and a couple of strings of beads. And here I come, like Sideshow Bob, just <laughs> rolling up in, woohoo! I got to get some more booze. And um, I hear them saying, well, they're, they're arguing. Are we going to drink here? Are we going to take our drinks and go down to the quarter? Or what are we going to do? Blah, blah blah. You know, it's logistical planning. Yeah, that they need to do, which it's is fine. Yeah. yeah, it's legit. So I'm standing there looking at the beer, and uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> mid conversation, one of the bros goes, "Whoa, sir!" And I'm like, "Oh no, oh no!" I must commend you on your on your look and on your spirit of Mardi Gras. I was like, oh, thank you very much. He goes, no, man, that is dedication. Look at the beard, the whole thing. He goes, you look great. I was like, oh, thanks so much. And then he says, what's in the flask? Because in my kilt, you know, I got the, the flask holster. Right. Well, at that point, it was empty. But it had it had held uh, Fireball because that's Debbie. Debbie at Mardi Gras has to have Fireball. She's got to have Fireball. I don't know why. She, you know, So we're having family pulls on the flask all weekend. And that's... We're, we're never sloppy, but it's just a fun thing. Fireball's not that strong no, either. No. So I say to him, oh, it, it used to be Fireball, but now it's empty. This is my favorite line of all of Mardi Gras. He looks at me and goes, well, I don't know what it's like to be old, but I would have gone with a higher-end whiskey, like a Jack Daniels or something. <laughs> I'm like, like a Jack Daniels. Like a Jack, because that's the epitome of high end whiskey. Oh my God. The Jack Daniels. I don't know what it's like to be old. How did you react? I stood there and I, and there were a million things going through my head. <laughs> but I was like, he's complimenting me. He's not, I don't think he's, he's not trying to slam me. Uh, to a 22 year old, I am old. You have a white beard. Well, no, I had a purple and green beard. Oh, that's fair. So, okay. <laughs> uh, well. which made me, I will say, made me look a little younger. Oh. Took the gray away, you know. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I said, well, 
you know, the flask is the flask I share with my wife and daughter, but, uh, you know, it's just an easy drink. Yeah, I would have just gone with something a little uh, higher end. But, you know, you're doing, you, you look great, and you're, you know, I hope uh, I hope I can be that way when I'm uh, old. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> Thanks, punk. <laughs> the funniest part is you would have drank him under the table. I know. I've been drinking longer than he's been alive. You would have obliterated him. <laughs> It would have been. Did how was that? Because uh, no, no, because you did dry January. Dry January. So you, yeah. You've been gearing up. Yeah, for and this. I didn't. Again, it wasn't. There was never a. It wasn't a lot of beers. It wasn't a lot of drinks at one time. It'd be a beer and then a couple of waters and then another beer, and so it was a long period of the day, but not large amounts of alcohol. There was alcohol throughout the long day, but never, you know. It wasn't just a drinker, right. which right. you see the people who do that, and it's like. Did you give up anything for Lent? Uh, no, mm. no. Well, I gave up king cake for Lent. Oh, there you go. Gave up king cake. Uh, I gave up eating cake for breakfast. That I that I gave up. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm back back trying to be responsible again. Sure, but uh, but yeah. So so Mardi Gras was terrific, and then we were home for a day, and then we went to Florida. Yeah. Well, what happened with the Southwest flight? All right, so we go to we go to leave, and I'll be honest. As much as I love New Orleans, their airport is a nightmare. Mm. Their Southwest uh, terminal is still, or the the check in is still very old school. They're try they try to upgrade it because they have some of the automated uh, kiosks, but they're all along the counter. So like at Midway, they're all there's a million self serve kiosks, and they're all out there, and you don't go up toward the the counter until you've got your stuff. Yeah, here. You wait in the long serpentine line, uh, long, long line, and then you get up, and there's supposed to be counter agents who are saying, you know, come up here, and there's each counter agent has two kiosks, so people should be able to do it. There were three agents working the entire counter. Seven of the probably fourteen or twenty-one kiosks were broken. Out of service. During Mardi Gras. During the Sunday of Mardi Gras, when people are leaving, and this line is backed up. Then there was some family, they must have been traveling internationally, because they had about eight or ten bags. They were, uh, there was trouble. So they were, they were taking all of the time of one uh, gate agent, or uh, one person ticket at the counter. Agent. Ticket Yeah, one ticket agent. And then another woman was having some sort of trouble. She was taking so so now everybody is waiting. All these machines are not working, and we were in line to check in for over an hour. Oh no! And it's like, come on, that's not no. It's it was not good. It was not good at all. Um, so I tweeted at them, and then they're like, "Well, our agents are doing the best they can," and I'm thinking, "Fine, but you're not doing the best you can because." Most of your equipment is not functional, and you didn't plan for... Sunday afternoons are always busy leaving New Orleans, because that's when people have to go back to their real lives. Mardi Gras, you it's exponentially more crowded. Right. You need to schedule some people. You need to have some more people working. And, uh, yeah, so they, you know, their response was very generic yeah and, it and didn't seem blah. like they cared no it didn't it didn't seem like they cared at all but it was like well we should respond he's got a check mark 
he's probably yeah, weirdly. I, I I saw a couple friends last night, and they said they've had good luck. They're like, oh yeah, that you know, Twitter's great for customer service, especially with airlines. I have not noticed that. No, me either. I've and I've actually com- we're both verified. Yes, right. I mean, we both have a lot of followers, so mm-hmm. we if anybody we, that gives you if you're not on Twitter, it gives you special privileges. Essentially, it means the that Twitter recognizes you as an account that, that you're legit. That you're legit. That your identity has been verified through their system. You like actually send them your ID. Basically, right. I'm not a bot. Yeah, it's it's typically for like. Well, it was originally for celebrities and mm-hmm. A-listers and then kind of expanded. A lot of journalists have it now, which right. is why Brian and I have it. Yes. Because, well, we're not journalists. Well, I'm well, kind of we're in the media. We're in the media. We're in the media. Yeah, media figures. Yes. Um, so that's how we got it. But it, it also does come with, with privilege, verified privilege. This is a real thing uh, yeah. where brands will actually pay more attention to you because they don't want you to blast out on WGN that you had a horrible experience <laughs> exactly. with them. Which is unfortunate because I fly Southwest a lot, yeah. and and I've always had, you know, you deal with. There's little problems here and there with every airline, but overall, I've been happy with Southwest. Uh, this was just this was just bad planning on whoever staffs the New Orleans airport. Now, do you have TSA pre-check? I do now. So we're going to Tampa on Tuesday morning. We get to the airport at four o'clock because our flight was at six or something in the morning. Six in the morning. TSA pre-check doesn't open till 4.15 or 4.20. So we're standing there. Now, there was a part of me that said to Debbie, we should just go through regular security because people are... But then I was like, no, I paid to go through pre-check. Yeah. I should be able to go through pre-check. But the pre-check agents don't come until a certain time. So there's a line of us waiting to go into pre-check instead of, again, using common sense, but when you... When you pay for something, you want to use it. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you no, pay no. for it, VIP access, you want to use that VIP yeah, access. Yeah, no, it's not just common sense. Like, I, I cannot stand regular security no, now that I have pre I don't want to take my shoes off. No. I don't want to pull my iPad out of my backpack. No. I did this for a reason. I did this to expedite my travel. And it did not expedite my travel in this one instance. All the other instances, it was great. We breezed right through. I loved it. But for some reason... Uh, they will. They open regular security first, and they wait to pre to do uh, pre check till later. Then I walk up, and the woman, the 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 TSA agent, was just very rude. Cause I she goes, walk up here. I, I walk up, and I walk a little to the stand in front of the podium. I'm like, relax. You know, she's keeping our country safe, Brian. No, she's not. She's flexing her little muscle because now she's in a position of authority for the first time in her life. And, you know, she's going to make everybody pay. Everybody. As she slaps on her blue latex glove. Except for her employer who's not paying her bills. You know what I'm saying? I do. Oh, government shutdown. Are we still shut down? No, we were all Or didn't we get shut down again? Or sure. are we going to get shut down yeah, again? Probably. Okay. Yeah, it's coming. There's always one on the horizon. Ah, right, cool. So we do, you know. So, but that was the only thing. But yeah, I love this pre-check. I so love. Good. Oh, I love it. Oh my god, I can't. I uh. when we were because when we were coming back uh, Thursday night late, there was a the the University of Tampa rugby team or uh, lacrosse team was all boarding on a different flight, but the same time. So there were like thirty uh, lacrosse bros who were trying to get uh, go through security, and I was like, oh, thank God, I just got into the pre-check line. But of course. I was polite, and there were Debbie and myself and this older woman were all kind of approaching the line at the same time. Now, I could have been a jerk 
and took a couple quick steps and cut her off. But I was a gentleman, and I let her go before me, which was a mistake because she has obviously never flown before. <laughs> she, oh, my goodness. She, uh, there were, there, trying to get, there was only the three of us in the pre-check line. Debbie, whoosh, she's gone. Now, I'm behind this woman. She's got keys dangling from her belt. She forgets about She can't figure out how to put her coat on the rail. She can't, and I'm like, oh, my God. You, you go over there That's with the so lacrosse people. Go with the lacrosse people because this is for people who are, this is for people who need to move fast. Because mm-hmm. I hate being in the airport, so I walk fast. And if you're using a moving walkway and you're standing still, I should be able to knock you over. Because it doesn't mean, uh, this isn't Wally. This is not we're, we're, we haven't all we don't sit in uh, big chairs and just suck predigested foodstuffs. You have to keep moving. The moving walkway, stand still on the right, stay to the right. Don't you stay to the right and then your eighteen carry-on bags stay to the left, blocking it. I'm not going to OJ Simpson over your bags like an old Hertz commercial. Mm-hmm. So many things bother me, and I try not to let them because I'm trying to be more grateful. But you got out of. New Orleans alive, and you got into Tampa alive. Got into Tampa alive. You just didn't get out of Tampa quite alive. I got, well, because all right. So we do our we do our, uh, our fun stuff in Tampa. We were looking around and doing things, and I went to Ebor City, which is a, a section of Tampa where it used to be Cuban immigrants, and it was the cigar capital of the United States. That's where all the cigars were made, uh, and they still now it's restaurants and clubs, but there's still a ton of cigar stores where people are rolling cigars right in the. Uh, right in the window. So you go in, and and they're little, they're they're independent places. It's not like big chain smoke shops. Right. These are so and so. This is their thing. So I was in heaven. We get there. Uh, we decided we'd go there right from the hotel, right, from, right from the airport because uh, never rent from executive car rental. Avoid yeah. that. Uh, uh, avoid that at all costs. Saw that tweet as Another well. Another one I tweeted, uh, realizing, and then somebody tweeted back, yeah, good luck. They haven't uh, responded to a tweet since uh, 2012. Yeah, they hadn't been on Twitter for a minute. Yeah, so they're, uh, anyway, don't rent from them. Don't. Uh, so you rented from some third-party thing that overcharged you and just didn't have a good selection. Uh, yeah, it was, it was yeah no, I've horrible. noticed this, actually, when we rented a car, I think when we were in Puerto Rico, it's like 2014, we rented from a place that wasn't a big chain, and it was similarly a total nightmare. You know, they, they quote you like 20 bucks a day or something, and it ends up being like 60. Yeah, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Now, I've rented from everybody else and never, and, uh, oh, we're putting a $250 security deposit on. What? Oh, yeah, we'll release it. And then they don't tell you that there's Tampa's weird because there's a few toll roads just in the middle of the city. And the guy, the guy's like, are you going to be on toll roads? I'm like, I don't know. He didn't tell me anything. Well, then then we find out this is why I love Debbie, because she's like a pit bull. I will. I when there's whenever there's an issue, I I'd like take the leash off and Debbie, <laughs> Debbie handles it because we find out now we, we end up going through a couple tolls. And two, we paid cash, but a lot of them you can't pay cash. It's just like an iPass thing, the Sun Pass. So you're going through and it's taking pictures of your plates. Great. So we're like, oh. So we had go, we had paid for two, and then we had gone through two. And we're like, all right, we better. So Debbie calls the car company. Well, it says uh, they should have. Uh, you turned down the the uh, toll thing. We're like, no. No, we, we didn't turn it down. It was never offered. Well, it's $20, $20 a toll. Because, you know, they have a sun pass on their thing, so they're only getting charged the toll, but then they're going to pay make you pay 20 bucks a toll. 
that didn't sit well with my wife, especially since we had already paid cash for two, for two of the tolls. Yeah. So we were looking at, at that point, 80 bucks extra. Well, let's just say my wife don't play that. And uh, she got him. Finally, the woman was like, well, I, we don't usually do this, but we'll just let you, if you will authorize us to charge you nine ninety five a day for the, the toll pass, we'll just put that on. And Debbie's like, okay, that's fine. That's fair enough because we were not offered this option, you know. So, so we ended up we ended up paying thirty bucks for the to- for probably ten dollars worth of tolls, but whatever. But they were it, it was awful. But anyway, it was very Ebor City was great. We're walking around. We had a nice lunch. Uh, we sat in a cigar lounge and drank a Cuban coffee, and I smoked a, a little hand rolled cigar. Um, and then we uh, we had one beer at the Tampa Bay Brewing Company, and I did some research for the next at the breweries. I sampled a number of beers around the city for the for the next time the guys were here. They have odd thing. Tampa Bay Cigar City Brewing has the only in airport active brewery. They open right. they open this brewery in the airport, and they're actually brewing beer, and they brew a beer at the airport that you can't you can only get at the airport and their tap room. <laughs> And it was the I didn't have that beer, but I had one of their others at the airport when we were leaving. Delicious. So I've tried I tried a couple. Um but then yeah, then Wednesday, then we drove out my man, you try you, you I love my siblings. I've never really been jealous of my siblings. Till now I'm a little jealous. Not in a malicious way. I'm very happy for my youngest brother and my sister in law, because they're they did it. They're living the life that they wanted to live. They both work They both work very hard. They work from home, and they travel, and they don't have children. So they bought a house on an island, and uh, they were just going to rent it out. But then they decided, we hate the winter. We love the island. We're going, to, we're going to move there and live in this house. But the house was small, so they tore down the house. And now they're building a house on that site. But it's not been built. It's framed. I got to walk through the ground floor and the first floor Wednesday night with my sister-in-law, both of us using our, our cell phone flashlights, and she, my, Debbie stayed on the sidewalk. She goes, I don't want to get in trouble. And my sister-in-law goes, it's my house. <laughs> I can walk through it. It's my house. And I was like, yeah, it's right. It's your house. So meanwhile, while their house is being built, they needed a place to live, so they bought another condo on the island, like six blocks away from their house. That they're living in now, and then when their house is built, then they'll rent that out. All right. And when I tell you, you see the building where our uh, our friend lives? Yeah, our neighbor. Our neighbor. Yes, our neighbor across the street. Uh, That's the Gulf of Mexico from my uh, brother and sister-in-law's house. Oh, so like a few hundred feet. Yes. A two-lane, a two-lane road separates them from the, from the Gulf of Mexico to the front. To the back, the bay... Not Tampa Bay, but the bay uh, near Anna Marie Island is about the same distance. They're surrounded by water. Surrounded. I wake up Wednesday morning with the window open to the sound of the waves of the Gulf crashing. (sighs) Then I hear the sound of wild parrots perched on the power line outside their building. As I stood on the screened in lanai, looking to my left to the bay, to my right to the Gulf, straight ahead, wild parrots. And I thought to myself, I've done something wrong. Mm. Something I made a I made an error somewhere along the way. Uh, but 
So we do Wednesday, we go back into Tampa. We do all our fact-finding. We end up back in Ybor City because people had said, oh, you have to have lunch at this place. So we did. Had another coffee and a cigar. It was beautiful. And then uh, Thursday, we decide, okay, we're just going to, our flight was late Thursday night. We're just going to enjoy the island for the day. Well, when was the last time we really saw the sun here? Well, today. Well, okay, before around, today. Before today. Uh, not, not, a, not a lot. Uh, you know, I think we actually, compared to previous years, we had a fair amount in January, February a Did little we? bit. But I think recently, last few weeks, we've been in a bit of a shortage. But Yeah. See, I forgot what it was like to be in the sun. Yeah. So I didn't have a hat with me. Oh. I also didn't have sunscreen. Oh. And I spent the entire day walking, literally walking on the beach. That was a mistake. It was a mistake. Uh, and, and you know when I realized the mistake? When at 4.30, when I got back into the apartment to take a shower, to go to the airport, I went, oh my God. Mm. My head is, uh, I, I haven't been this sunburned probably in 30 years. How did your wife not catch this? I, well, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't look at me. That could be <laughs> part of it. Because we walked, uh, we, This is, again, this is how classy we are. So my sister-in-law had been out of town. She was home Wednesday morning. She's working. So we don't want to bother. We get up, we get dressed, go down to the Circle K, get ourselves a cup of coffee. Where strange things afoot? Always at the Circle K, Ted. Always. Whoa. Strange things were afoot. Uh, the strangest thing, that that's where we chose to get our breakfast. <laughs> hey, don't knock the Circle K I breakfast. I don't. I had, the, I had the breakfast burrito, the sausage and egg burrito, and a big cup of coffee. We walked down to the end of the pier where we watched pelicans dive for their breakfast as we ate our high-end breakfast. That's yeah, Fancy folk. Stop. If I could handle the humidity, I would, I would be also jealous. I would, because you know why? There's air conditioning. If you want to be out in the, in the heat, you're out in the heat. Yeah, that's fair. So then we decide we're going to walk. We walk all the way down a couple miles down to the south end of the beaches, this big beach. It's just gorgeous. White sand, real fine so you can walk. Oh, just gorgeous. And, I, I, you know, and it's sunny. I don't, I don't have anything on my big dome. Then we take the trolley. They have a free trolley that runs the length of the island. We take the trolley back almost like to the halfway point. We get off. We go to this little uh, burger shack for lunch. Then we come back. And Debbie's like, we stop on the pier to have a drink before we're, it's time to start getting ready for the airport. And Debbie says, I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up and start getting ready. I said, you know what? I'm going to grab uh, one of my brother's beach chairs and one of my cigars, and I'm going to sit on the beach till it's time for me to get in the shower. So I go, and it's quiet. I'm sitting on the beach. You know me. I'm zen. <laughs> All the voices. So zen. So zen that the voices in my head shut up for a few minutes. Everything was quiet. Uh, there was a group, like down the way, there was a group of about five spring break young college girls. I tried not to pay attention. A couple other uh, groups of people, but I sat toward the back of the beach because I was going to smoke a cigar and I didn't want to bother anybody. So I'm chilling. Man, life is good. Took my shirt off. More sun. That's what I need. More sun. Sure. Uh, all of a sudden, this group of about six spring breakers come and they, honest to God, they set up camp about 10 feet from me. And they turn on their radio and they're and I'm like... Remember, they're on spring break, and this is their time to party, too, and just relax. Wow, look at you being so zen. Have you been meditating or something? This, the tropical environment does this to me. Then, just as I'm thinking about all kinds of things, my future, my past, my mistakes, my successes, all of this, and trying to think about the future, I had closed my eyes for a few minutes, 
And when I open my eyes, I swear to God, I look out, four dolphins. <laughs> Jumping from all the way from the right side of my peripheral vision all the way across to my left. And I said, I, my, the ideas I was thinking of, this is the sign. Something is, something is right with the world. It was, and I'm sitting there, and the, the spring breakers aren't paying any attention. So they don't see the dolphins. And I don't want to be the guy going, and I actually out loud went, ah! <laughs> and I didn't want to be like, you guys, dolphins! Like, Shut up, old man. I don't know what it's like to be old, but we don't care about dolphins. Oh, <laughs> okay. I want to look for more refined fish, like a dolphin Daniels. Dolphin Daniels. It's like Jack Daniels' cousin. Oh, sure. Dolphin Daniels. Yes. A more refined fish. A grouper, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps a porpoise rather than a dolphin. A manatee. Oh, we didn't see any manatees. Wow. But the dolphin... So that was... It was It was phenomenal. How big was this island? It's long, but it's narrow. Mm. So it's Anna Maria, the city, is at the top. Then there's another city. Then there's Bradenton Beach, and there's Longboat Key. So more than a, more than a couple miles. Yeah. Okay. It's probably... I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's it's very it's long but narrow. Yeah, I mean the most narrow island I've spent a lot of time on was Cay Cocker in Belize. It's it's probably prob- about a mile long though. Oh, it's it's longer than that. Yeah, it sounds a little bigger. Yeah, it's longer. Especially if there was a paved road. Yes. Yeah. And it's so that was that was it. I mean, I don't know what this all means. I'm still trying to process it. Wow. But it meant uh, I I was pretty calm. Uh I was relatively happy. I don't know. I don't know what that means for the future, Cody. There, it could be the end of this whole thing. We've written about this on Curiosity.com that people are a lot happier when they live within sight of water. Yes. Uh, and, and actually, they live longer, too. There's actually a, a, just a ridiculous amount of health benefits. And one might say, well, because uh, my wife and I are looking at... Well, we live by the water, technically. Well, but can you see it? No. Like within sight of water, oh, no. basically. Yeah. And, and uh, my wife and I have been looking at condos. Nice. Like to, you know, move in somewhere. But we don't want to live in a high-rise, and that's the thing. Okay. Because, you know, it's like, oh, you're in Chicago. You can just get a place by the lake, and then you've got a big lake there. But I don't want to live in a high-rise. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, you can't not live in a high-rise if you live if on the lake. If you're on the lake, yeah. You know, in this town. So That's true. That sucks. So Unless you've got a ton of dough, then you can buy a nice house on the lake in Evanston. you got a million five or a yeah. couple million burning a hole in your pocket? No, I don't. That's I mean, there's there are some parks. I mean, like, honestly, just living across from a park or something would be, I think, like, really legitimate actual health benefits and i'm the kind of guy that can just like i didn't believe just sit and look at the water for yeah just not do do nothing like that's just being incredibly that was that was me so yeah no i I totally can relate to that but now uh my head is killing me because it's tightening i've been i've been putting aloe on nonstop since thursday night you can see i got i mean it was so bad my i've got like a, a sore on the on my nose. Your nose is, yeah, it's... Uh, it's bad business. It's rough. So I have to be more careful. I did invest in, investigate the big uh, surfer hats, the big straw surfer hats. So, and I have hats. I normally, like here in the summer, I'm very good about wearing a hat and putting sunscreen on. Yeah. I just, I, it completely... Oh, when you're in Florida, who thinks about the sun, right? Well, and also it's, you know, uh, early March and I hadn't been out. I just, I was irresponsible. Yeah, you get out of the out of the habit. Yeah. So that was that. But uh, now we're back. Now we're back, and we'll see what happens. Sounds like a lot of travels and a lot, a lot of, of tra- tropical travels. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, and I like it. A lot of uh, facts found, a lot of uh, opinions changed, a lot of uh, plans formulating, mm. a lot of stuff happening. Well, I'm headed uh, I'm headed out east next week. Really? Yeah. Um, we, 
We're going to a wedding in Washington, D.C. next weekend. Okay. I'll be back in time for the show. But uh, before that, Casey was like, let's stop by Delaware and see my family because that's where her parents live and her brothers live there. Yeah. So we figured we would do that. Come to find out that the Thursday before this wedding is my grandmom's 90th birthday. Wow. So and my, my parents were going to fly out there anyway. So okay. we realized this also. Thursday morning, we're going to fly into Philadelphia and see my grandma on her, nice. on her 90th birthday. and Very cool. See her and my uncles and my, my parents will be out there and it'll be a very good time. Then we'll see her family. Then we'll pop over to D.C. And I bring this up because in D.C. next weekend, it's supposed to be 67 degrees. Nice. And I heard that it's going to be quite the cold snap here for the next week or so. Well, except for Thursday, where it's going to be 65 is it? And then it's going to snow on Friday and be 35 on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Going to miss that. Yeah. It's... Quote, unquote, miss. I don't really know. No, you're not going to miss it. I'm going to try and hit up a couple of the uh, Philadelphia Brewing Companies that are Very friends good. from yes. Revolution and Coos Island brought up. Another small world. The guy I told you sat next to us lives in Philadelphia. <laughs> wow. Bringing it back around. As we bring it all back around. Bringing it back around. Um, I always forget just how different the temperatures are just when you go because you know i don't think of washington dc is like a warm place and i I never usually think of new orleans as a warm place but they are warm places they are they are warm places it was wearing t-shirts and shorts in uh new orleans the first couple days in florida were 50 and rainy uh so not great but then it rallied on thursday and now it's in the 80s for the next week, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if we'd gone a week later. And see, Tampa, I associate it with, like, the 90s all the time. Yeah. Because my grandpa lived down there, and every time we visited, it was just, I mean, it's, yeah. it's Florida. It's Florida. So that, that and it's yeah. south enough in Florida where you are getting the benefits of being in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's not like the panhandle gets cold. Does it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've never really. Not I've only warm. Really, not as warm. I've only really visited Tampa and Orlando. Well, that's all you need to visit. Uh, I'm not going to go to Miami. Why I've not? not? I've not heard good things. Miami, da da da. I've heard you like that like, song. What's that? Dun, 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 Miami, <laughs> the girl walking around with the cupcake in the bank commercial. She mm. drops her cupcake. I I associate the worst parts of L.A. and the worst parts of Las Vegas, and with the Miami? worst and the worst and like a worse climate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my impression of Miami. You you just don't want to be uh, hanging around Tony Montana. You don't want uh, you don't want to be Scarface. No. All right. Okay. Listen, we should probably wrap this up because we got to start another one. Yeah, we do. We got Is another guest here. So, uh, he will be coming in the next few minutes. That's why I wanted us to be done. Let's wrap it. Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's wrap it up. Uh, so this is this is dropping today, right? This mm-hmm. is uh, going on with uh, with the live uh, lanyap that yeah. we'll give you at six fifteen ish. This is the web exclusive podcast for Sunday, March tenth, the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. Wow. We'll also be dropping a podcast of live music from the Irish American Heritage Center for our terrestrial broadcast. Wow. Talking about St. Patrick's Day, and uh, we are about to record another podcast that we may release next week on uh, the seventeenth. Yes, that sounds that sounds about right. So on the seventeenth, uh, that'll be what we do. I think we have another twelve minute uh, sh- live show next week too. So. Nice twelve minutes. Well, How are you going to fill that? I don't know. Hmm. Just by, I don't even. <laughs> I'll try to book three guests. Please so do. I would we... like to. We'll do speed dating for guests. Every guest gets ninety seconds. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Book a half hour of you know thirty or fifteen guests. New Every segment. guest gets two minutes. You heard it here first. Yeah, we're going to speed date our guests. Perfect. You got to make it's ele- every guest gives us an elevator pitch, and that's it. <laughs> that's fine. You've got a book. What is it? Ba-da-da-da-da. Thanks for coming in. You only have time to read the blurb on the that's back. That's right. You own a restaurant. What do you got? Well, we serve American food. That's it. Thanks for coming in.
And then we give the address or we give the title of the book. Okay. So it's speed dating for guests. I'll start the show notes now. They'll be. Do- I'll post the podcast before we even record it. That's fantastic. Yeah. And with the, yeah, then we don't even have to record it. It's the future. All right. Well, always a pleasure. This is fun. It was fun. This is very fun. Now we're back, and you're learning things about me. You're learning that I have a, a, a core that I'm trying to access. Yeah. A thoughtful, zen-like core. When you're not fighting off everyone who's your enemy. Everyone is my enemy. Right. Unless That's why when I sit on the beach by myself, you know who's my enemy? Nobody. Nobody's around. The dolphin is my friend. Mm. The wild bird is my friend. Dolphins are everyone's friend. The gulf is my friend. The gulf is everyone's friend. Well, that's fine. Well, it can be my friend, too. Season. Sure. And it's, you know, that's why they're... they're the new house, giant pylons. This house is being built to withstand a Category 5. I was going to ask about yeah. that. I mean, it sounds like very expensive, but then it's like, well, what's the real estate value if it's all underwater in 10 years? Right. Well, uh-huh. here, I'll show you uh, after we're done. These are the size of the pylons in the back of the house. Those are big pylons. Yes. Those are those are to keep the house standing. when they... I don't know much about pylons. I'm not a pylon expert. But you're guessing. I think your, your assessment is accurate. I figure. Without having to know, without needing to know a lot about pylons. All right. Thank you for listening, as always. Thank you for supporting the show. You can go to uh, Brian Noonan Show on Facebook. Follow us there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow producer Cody. Go listen to Cody's podcast. Have you done any Game Life Balance U.S. Uh, podcasts yeah, lately? Yeah, this week I'm releasing a interview I did with the author of a book who wrote it. He wrote a book about the story of Oculus Rift. Ooh. It's the huh? uh, it's the virtual reality headset oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Facebook bought for a billion dollars a couple right. years ago. Um, and it's kind of um, yeah, it's like a this it's it's like a, you know the movie The Social Network. Yes, um, it's it's like that, but it's about Oculus Rift and that company's story and the ups and downs and kind of the intrigue involved and like. Ooh. Zuckerberg and Facebook and yeah it's pretty cool and the, like the interview is pretty cool so it's uh, my co-host John is not uh, available for this episode but I, I did an interview so very good so you can get that at WGN radio.com uh, radio. yeah that'll be online this week so game life balance US keep an eye out yeah good, good listen times. it's good to, good that you have outside interests sometimes yeah. all right <laughs> all right that's it we'll talk to you later okay bye bye